if you watch the majority of the television programs, the films, at the end, at the struggle, people are still struggling. You're still, you're you're just hoping for a rainbow. There's no rainbow. There's no hope. But the reality is, as a people, black people are resilient. Mm Mm-hmm. Welcome to Bridge the City, a podcast recorded in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Our mission is to bridge together people, resources, and ideas that inspire Milwaukee to action. I'm your host, Ben Hoekstra. Today we're talking about Black Arts MKE and the upcoming Milwaukee Black Theater Festival. You'll hear soon about how not just the characters in our stories matter, that the, the outcomes of those stories, the arcs of those characters, these things are important too. You'll hear more about how our three guests got into the work they do now and why it means so much to them. And you'll find out what you need to check out this August. Looking forward to it. Let's get into it. Well, I'm here with the folks from Black Arts MKE, and we're talking a little bit about Milwaukee Black Theater Festival, about all the other different things they have going on. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, kick it off. Uh, maybe go around. Tell listeners a bit about yourselves um, and your role with Black Arts MKE. I'm Barbara Wanzo, Executive Director of Black Arts MKE. I'm uh, the organization's inaugural ED. Um, we are very proud um, to be presenting Milwaukee Black Theater Festival this year and serving our community. My name is Demonte Henning. I'm an actor and director here in Milwaukee. Uh, I am also the artistic director of Lights, Camera, Soul. So very honored and um, just grateful to be able to produce uh, the Milwaukee Black Theater Festival for theater goers here in Milwaukee. I'm Sherry Williams Pinnell. I am pleased to be the producing artistic director of Brownsville Arts Ensemble and artistic associate at Black Arts MKE along with DeMonte Henning and Malkia Stampley and Brent uh, Hazelwood, I'm one of the founders of the Milwaukee Black Theater Festival. <laughs> that's great. Uh, you all have many titles and roles in the community. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, not terribly surprising. That's how it goes, right? Uh, you don't just do one thing, typically. Uh, we'd love to hear a little bit before we dive into Black Arts MKE. Are are each of you from Milwaukee originally? Tell me a little bit about how you ended up here and doing the kind of work you're doing in the city. I, I like to go first um, as the youngest because I have seen a lot of great theater here in Milwaukee. I've uh, actually one of my first professional theater roles is with Sherry uh, at First Stage Children's Theater. We did yeah. uh, to the Promised Land, and so watching. Um, a lot of actors who I felt like, and I still feel like, are masters at their craft, really inspired me uh, to become an actor and a director here in this type of industry. So I am born and raised in Milwaukee. I love the culture. I love the art that we that the city has to offer. Um, and I think that the Milwaukee Black Theater Festival just further pushes that narrative that mm-hmm. Milwaukee is a great place to create art. Yeah. Well, since I'm the elder at the table, (laughs) I can tell you I am Milwaukee born and raised 
And I, I love to say that I attended Milwaukee Public Schools during the time when there was an investment in the arts. So I was able from child, uh, through as a child from elementary school all the way through high school to be nurtured in everything from drama to music to dance, forensics. And I took advantage of all of it. And it was during a time in Milwaukee Public Schools when literally it, for pennies, you could study any instrument you wanted. And I took advantage of everything from percussion to string instruments to yes, being a, a part of the choirs at, at Riverside High School. Yes, I'm a proud tiger. <laughs> I, I, Milwaukee Public Schools was a, a great system in which to be educated and nurtured. And I, I enjoyed my, my 12 years. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Sherry, I think we're probably the same age. But yes, I am born and raised in Milwaukee. My folks are were part of the Great Northern Migration from Mississippi yeah. and New Orleans, and uh, so I've I've been here. Uh, went to La Follette. Went to Garden Homes. Uh, went to Hamilton High when all the busing happened, and then. Uh, Alverno for undergraduate and Marquette for graduate school. That's great. That's great. I think it's always great to understand, like, where, where do you come from and how does that inform the work you do here? I mean, DeMonte, you talking about uh, your first experiences of theater were, were here in Milwaukee and that that, I'm sure, informs a lot of the, the work you do today and how you approach those things. Tell me a little bit about Black Arts MKE. How did that begin, and and what what is the goal? What's the mission and the vision of of starting that and and doing that work? The mission of Black Arts MKE is to increase the availability and quality of African American arts and culture in our community, and it got started. Um, boy, I can't believe almost nine years ago, um, because a lot of the members of my board were actually financially supporting individual arts groups in the city. And, um, you know, the, the, the individual board members thought that they might be ready for a change, but it was also happening at a time where, um, city leaders were, I should say, also state leaders were um, pursuing a path for a new business model for ar small arts organizations in mm. Wisconsin. And uh, Corey Nettles and Jackie Hurd Barber were instrumental in working with the black organizations in the mm. city, um, like Kothi and African Americans Children's Theater, and at the time, Hansberry Sands, to try to uh, create a new business model that would take advantage of, you know, business efficiencies. So you didn't have to have three accountants, right? You didn't have to have, you know, triple the the business resources. And, right. um, and then they uh, could work together um, to deliver very dynamic, um, both youth and public programming. You talked about access to African-American art in the city of Milwaukee. Talk about some of the challenges there. I think for our organization, you know, there's been a long history um, between funders and um, smaller, especially black 
organizations. I think anybody who's been around, who has a legacy, will will also tell you. Um, but unfortunately, unfortunately, that legacy in terms of funding isn't um, a, a positive one. And probably our biggest challenge uh, throughout these nine years is is securing funding to do what we do. Um, and I, and I won't say that it's it's not a, an issue today. It's it may be less of an issue, but that's because um, we started telling our story to national funders, and we're seeing some change, you know, locally because we're garnering attention on a national level, yeah. and that's good. I mean, we've we've worked hard, we've we've proven ourselves, but we still, you know, are um, struggling to get the same um, equity as you know PWIs or predominantly white theaters yeah. in the city. And so we're working on that. You know, yeah. we are um, collaborating, and uh, but we're, we're working very hard to not only achieve diversity um, and equity, but parity in our city for, for a black organization like this one. Yeah, yeah. I'd be curious to hear, um, and any or all of you can answer this, I'd be curious to hear how you you started doing this work. I mean, DeMonte, you talked a little bit about how you started in, in the arts in general, but how did you start doing this particular work, and, and what motivated you to, to do that or to get involved? Uh, well, I think it started with my parents. They, at a very young age, they knew that there was something artistic about me. I remember taking guitar lessons and all of that, taking piano lessons. And it didn't quite hit the same way that it did when they introduced me to theater. So that was the first step uh, was my parents instilling that in me. Um, and then I, I've shared with Barb that I, I feel like I've developed a, a deep passion for black arts, not only in Milwaukee, but just in the nation and in yeah. the world. Because I remember being in a, late high school, college, and just really having this realization that there isn't a lot of representation for black artists when it comes to commercials, film, yeah. TV, theater, all of those things. And so um, I think about how people inspire me and what that feels like. And so I want to put that into somebody else whenever mm -hmm. I hit the stage, especially a young black artist or an older black artist who may not have gotten the chance when they were younger. I think they're also important as well, mm -hmm. too. So it's really just because I see that there's an issue and I see that there's a need and I feel like I am well equipped with the skills and talents and abilities to help meet that intersection of what people want to do in the arts and my knowledge and meeting them and producing something great and presenting something great for the city. Well, I can say that uh, much like DeMonte, having been raised as an artistic person, for me, honestly, since I was a very young child, and that started in church with those wonderful um, holiday speeches yeah. <laughs> uh, for Easter, for Christmas, for Mother's Day, for Father's Day. For, and I, I was one of those kids that uh, was giving the, the speeches and participated in the special event programs. Sure. But then as a teen, that's when, as a teenager, was when I got my first professional gig. Uh, it was, um, it, this is really um, a bit of Milwaukee history, but Theater Under the Stars at Washington Park, and I was in a production of Showboat for <laughs> the bicentennial celebration of our nation. And then I just decided this is something I really would like to do for a living, and I met people who were doing it for a living. In fact, um, 
I met a young woman who told me that she was getting ready to be in a professional Broadway show about the life of Fats Waller. (laughs) And she ended up, yes, indeed, uh, um, being Tony nominated. And and I said, so you can really do this for a living? My family was not as convinced, which meant uh, that my undergraduate degree from Spelman is not in the arts. But the whole time I was there, I was traveling with the Spelman College Glee Club and dancing with uh, the dance troupe um, on the campus. But when I had the opportunity to attend grad school, that's when I (laughs) went to Madison and and I fell in love with directing. For me, it's important to have um, control uh, in the story, the narrative of the story. And I was not always pleased with the stories that were being told about us. You know, as DeMonte said, on television and film and so, you know, on commercials and other advertisements. And I said, um, the way to have control of the narrative then is to write. And that's when I started playwriting for young people first um, with African-American Children's Theater and then for adults uh, because uh, we have many stories, especially stories connected to our Milwaukee history. Mm. As African-Americans, there's a lot of gold there and these are stories that are not only full of history, but they are so inspiring and so uplifting. Yes, there's struggle there, but my goodness, the number of people who were able to to grow and to overcome and to thrive and have left a legacy. And I'm a part of that storytelling through the Bronzeville stories and then a, another project that is, that is in the works now about another um, area of Milwaukee. And I would have to say that it's my it was my parents, right? I, um, you know, they coming from the South and not having the advantages that that a lot of us do today. Um, really, first and foremost, it was about education, uh, and and to go as far as you could go with that. I I actually wanted to be a lawyer, um, a Harvard lawyer, for that fact. Um, but things change, things happen in one's life, and so that didn't happen. Um, but I, um, my dad always wanted me to be in business. He saw that as um, longevity and for uh, his daughter um, to be able to support herself. You know, if she if she doesn't get married, be able to, you know, support herself and not have to depend on anyone. So that led me towards the business track of things. So I spent over 25 years in corporate America working for a lot of those years for Lamakia Enterprises, most people know Fungit Vacations, United Vacations, et cetera. But that was a wonderful opportunity because we had so many companies you could move around and learn. And mm-hmm. it, it resulted in a portfolio of skills that you don't often find in one person. And so I'm grateful for that. And I had the opportunity during that time to represent the company in various at various nonprofit events. I never knew what a nonprofit profit was. Um, But I love the work. And I I thought back then um, that, you know, when I'm ready to move on, I'd like to do something like this. And partly because I was raised to never forget where I came from Mm -hmm. and um, always give back. And so that's just part of my DNA. And uh, Um, So when that time came, um, I decided not to stay in corporate, but to pursue um, uh, 
an opportunity that let me bring those that hybrid um, portfolio of skills to the nonprofit space. And when I was hired for this job, the search committee actually did not tell me it was the arts. They listed a lot of business attributes, and I was able to check the boxes. It wasn't until interview two or three that I found out that the job involved the arts, and I was thrilled because I've traveled all over the world and and became a big fan of local artists and local art, and um, I, I just couldn't believe my good fortune the first time out to be um, part of a nonprofit that had something to do with the arts, and um, and here I am, you know, nine years later. Yeah, yeah. wow, that's that's fascinating and interesting to see how you all came to this work mm-hmm. through a variety of paths, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's great. Now you have a, a big event coming up, uh, among other things going on. As I walked in here, you have your your youth camp happening right now, but coming up in just a few weeks, uh, the Milwaukee Black Theater Festival is happening. Tell me about that. What What's going on? What do people need to know? Uh, what are you excited about? I, I want to hear more. Well, Sherry and DeMonte are actually co-founders of the festival, so I, I would like to hear from them. <laughs> well, I can tell you this. Um, the This is our third year of the Milwaukee Black Theater Festival, and our theme is the Black Family Generations Speak. So if you can imagine this, there's something for everyone mm. from, the, from the babe in arms all the way through the elders in our community, mm. looking at a variety of subject matter. But they're again celebrating the joys and um, recognizing the, the struggle that exists, but all of it coming out with triumph. Mm. So it's very uplifting. Yeah, and like, like Ms. Sherry was saying, there's something for everybody. You have... Um, a music concert fundraiser that's celebrating the families of um, R&B and gospel. Yeah. You have um, productions that talk on more serious issues like uh, Milwaukee Voices of Gun Violence. Mm. Um, and then you have opportunities where people can come together and, and join in fellowship as a community with our family reunion, Milwaukee Black Theater, Let's Talk, a conference um, specifically targeted towards um, artists of color and how we can galvanize um, the uh, black theater community. So there's something for everybody at this year's festival. That's why we went with the theme family, because we're all one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. So uh, what, tell me, when is it happening? What are the dates? Uh, what to, can people not miss? <laughs> Don't miss any of it. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. <laughs> great. I love when it. you want to be here from Wednesday, August 10th through Sunday, August 14th, on Wednesday, August 10th, you want to be at the Indaba Community Band Shell as a part of the St. Anne's on North Avenue and 24th Street. You, that's for our Youth and Family Night. This is the night when we're celebrating the youth who are involved in theater arts. And there's representation from almost every theater company in the city. Wow. Yes. Wow. And so their young people are sharing their stories. Yeah, and then next we have the um, on Thursday, August 11th, the world premiere of Chloe's Beautiful Blues by Lakita Caldwell. That's something that I'm really looking forward to. That's on Thursday, August 11th at the Table Vocational Center. Two opportunities to check it at 1 p.m. and at 7.30 p.m. And then on Friday, August 12th, 
this is the world premiere of Milwaukee Voices of Gun Violence, and I like to add the whole part, which says we are resolute, resilient, and revolutionary. Right. And when you come, you're going to find out why that long title. Mm. But there again, there are two opportunities to take in this performance, 1 o'clock and then at 7.30 p.m. And this is at the Wilson Theater Vogel Hall Marcus Center. And uh, there is, a, following the 1 o'clock performance, a healing circle, a mm. ceremony mm. on the grounds of the Marcus Center next to the river. That's at 3 o'clock. And then there it is extended talk back following the 730s performance so the performance doesn't just end and we drop you off we continue in the the, the celebration mm. of those survivors mm. yeah and then on saturday august 13th we have first stage presenting uh their reading hidden heroes um, that'll be at the milwaukee youth arts center uh, and then something that i mentioned already at 7 30 we have the family reunion concert fundraiser that is um, a concert fundraiser dedicated to the uh, families of R&B and gospel. A lot of fun. Uh, that'll be at 7.30 at the Wilson Theater at Vogel Hall at the Market Center. And if you could imagine, that's the only event where you, ha you have to pay a ticket to attend. Everything else is offered at, I'll say, a gift to the community. Yeah. So no excuses. I love it. You need I to be it. here. You need I to be it. here. That's right. And then Sunday? And then Sunday, August 14th, uh, we have the uh, Family Union Milwaukee Black Theater community let's talk um, as I mentioned before it's a conference you'll hear uh, Ms. Sherry presenting the history of black theater in uh, the city of Milwaukee we'll have a, a panel discussion followed by a couple of performances and then our keynote speaker is Andre Lielis who is a very well-known actor director he's a gardener uh, philanthropist all types of things he'll be our keynote speaker at that event on Sunday August 14th at 2 p.m. And then at 4 p.m., we have a reading of a play called This Just In, written by Malena Moore. Um, that will be a stage reading, followed by a talk back. And then to conclude the Milwaukee Black Theater Festival, at 5 p.m., we have Milwaukee Voices of Gun Violence Artists, a Healing Through the Arts Showcase. That's another event that I'm looking forward to. All of these events on Sunday, August 14th, are in Studio 4A at the Marcus Center. And as Ms. Sherry said, all of these events are free with the exclusion of the concert fundraiser. So there's really no reason why you shouldn't come. I love it. I love it. And uh, we'll put all of that in the show notes as well so it's easy to find, but appreciate you walking through uh, all the different things going on. I appreciate that you got stuff in the afternoon and the evening. So there's some, again, no excuse. You might be working, but uh, yeah. 7.30, you're probably not working anymore. Yeah. Or you didn't start before <laughs> 1. Yeah, so. that's right. Um, <laughs> that's great. You know, didn't pay well. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I would love to hear, um, uh, you talked about a lot about this kind of reality of understanding struggle, but celebrating triumph too. I would love to hear you talk a little bit more about what that means. I mean, I think that um, there, there's some tension there, right? Of like, how do you you talk about reality and, and the, the hard things that have happened and like celebrate that in a positive way? Tell me a little bit more about how you approach that. Ben, for me, it's all about balance. Having balance. If you watch the majority of the television programs, the films, at the end, at the struggle, people are still struggling. You're still you're just hoping for a rainbow. There's no rainbow. There's no hope. But the reality is, 
as a people, black people are resilient. Mm-hmm. We make something out of nothing. And then when we have something, we make it even greater. Yeah. And that's the beauty of the stories that we're telling. They're based on truth, mm. reality, inspired by someone's journey. Mm. But we complete the journey by saying, and then this happened. Mm. Now, that's not always true for everyone, but we have chosen in our storytelling, in our narrative, to highlight those stories because the other is told on a daily basis. Even mm. the news, there's no follow-up story mm-hmm. to see how people, after they completed their, their time, um, how did they then bounce back? What became mm. of their, their journey? How did they, what lessons did they learn? How did they pass the lesson on? We're missing that. Mm. I would agree. Mm-hmm. I would 100%. I was over here snapping my fingers. I would 100% <laughs> agree. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. And man, that uh, makes me excited to come attend some of these <laughs> events. Uh, I'm sure the same for many of our <laughs> listeners too. Uh, the, the last thing I'll ask, um, we always like to talk about, about action at Bridge the City. So we, we hear about a lot of things. Um, but we want to make sure that we're talking about, okay, how can you take the next step? How can you get involved in your community? Uh, each of you can give one. You can give more than one. Maybe don't give too many, or I'm going to have to write down a lot of things. Um, but what, what action step would you have for, for our listeners? You know, I just wanted to, to say um, it's very simple. Just engage. I um, We didn't have an opportunity to talk about the welcome tables that Bronzeville Arts Ensemble presented this past week. But it's a prime example of just getting out in the the community and engaging. If you can come to a Juneteenth celebration, great, but just get out there. You've got to get out of your doors and start somewhere. You can start with Black Arts MKE. We can help you, but you just have to do it. And so, Sherry, would you like to talk about Welcome Table? I'll be so pleased. The Welcome Table is a special project. It's really a pilot project for people 60 and older, in this case, African Americans, who came together for one week to explore memory and history recall through theater, visual art, and sitting at the table and enjoying healthy food. This was a... A week-long project, but it started for the participants from 10 o'clock until 3, and we were looking for a real commitment because there is an intimacy that is developed, and you don't want people dropping in and out. You want them to be there to experience the total program. And as a result, as people started sharing their history and bringing in artifacts that became, or either photos of artifacts that became a... A wonderful art piece, one mm-hmm. that was presented to the Clinton and Bernice Rose Senior Center, where we were so pleased to be housed and welcomed and so loved, and St. John's on the Lake, which sponsored this mm-hmm. week-long project. And when I say sharing of information, there were some, <laughs> some seniors who brought in, well, one who brought in a photograph that they had just received two weeks ago of their great-grandparents from a plantation. They've been doing some research. This information has surfaced, and now they have pictures of great-grandparents. Another who talked about 
their father in 1957, and there was an article that was in a jet magazine, and they brought it. Mm. Their father had been flown from by the Army from Milwaukee to Michigan because he had a U-negative blood type. You ever heard of that? No. This is a, a blood type that is specific to African people. Mm. It's the mm. blood that helps you avoid sickle cell. And this child was about to die having a sickle cell crisis. Her father was flown from Milwaukee to Michigan and with another person from Milwaukee. They both happened to be here with U-negative blood and saved this child. Mm. She shared this, and all of a sudden everybody's doing this research, learning we've never heard of U-negative blood. Mm. So all of this happened, though, because the elders had someone to, to share the story with. They said even sometimes the young people in their families don't want to hear the story. But we heard it. We encouraged them. And now they said, you know what, we're, next time we have a family reunion, we're going to talk about this. People brought in uh, certificates from graduations from normal schools. These are schools that are uh, usually two to three years of study that eventually became the HBCUs, the historically black colleges and universities. If you could have seen the size of this certificate, that shows you the pride they had yeah. in being able to complete their education. Yeah. It was large enough for everyone to see. Yeah. So um, these are the sort of, sort of stories that were shared, but that people said, I, I had no one to talk with about. And not only that, but they had been isolated because of COVID for two years. Some of our seniors live in these apartments by themselves. So finally... Here they're able to come and socialize and be with people who understand, who want to hear, and now are encouraged to keep telling their stories yeah. and to have a good meal while they're at it. Yeah, that's great. It's a wonderful example of unique engagement. There's yeah. all kinds of ways to get involved. I mean, I would say in engagement, too. Uh, I think just engaging with uh, especially the, the youth in our city. Um, there's so much going on youth-wise that I think – you know, just introducing them to theater and another way of expressing themselves. <clears throat> that's been very helpful for me. So um, along with engagement, bring a young person to a show. Bring mm -hmm. them to the um, a Black Theater Festival. Bring them to Black Nativity. Bring them to a dance concert, whatever it is, um, even if it's somebody in your family. But I think it's, it's that mentorship is very, mm -hmm. very crucial for our young people. Yeah. I agree with everything I've heard. And when you have people in your family, no matter the age, if they're interested in the arts, nurture that, allow them to mm. grow and to study. I, I can you know, be honest, you heard my story. I, as an undergraduate student, was not encouraged to major in the arts. That was considered a hobby. Well, I've made a living out of the hobby. <laughs> now my family is very proud. Well, uh, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, we're very excited. I will uh, definitely be adding some things to my calendar after this conversation. Um, but thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. There you go. It's an easy action step this time. Check out the free Milwaukee Black Theater Festival, August 10th through 14th. The link's in the show notes. Check out their website. There's times that work for everyone. I'm really looking forward to attending and seeing what Sherry talked about, that acknowledgement of both struggle and the celebration of triumph. 
Thanks for joining us for another episode. As always, if you enjoy the podcast and are able to financially support us so we can keep volunteering to make this happen, please do at patreon.com slash bridge the city. And don't forget to reach out and share how you are helping bridge the city.